Undisturbed. I'm I'm Darren Carp, and who are you again, John? My name is John Thrasher. I am your oh. um, just kind of like backup person. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you said it. Mm-hmm. You're know? the star. Well, it's fine. Let's be clear. You are always the star. You are mom, <laughs> and moms are more important than dads. I and think that's so true. Yeah. I understand that, but also, you know, and I know we're going to get to it at the end of the show, mm-hmm. but your breaking news alert of your allergies was yeah. literally me commenting, sweetie, you tell us about these every day. I know. And so I felt like yeah. we have a good husband-wife banter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, well, you allow me to make fun of you, which is important, which is why you're the star. Well, first of all, that's why our friendship has blossomed, because you can make yes. fun of me. That's fine. Um yeah, at the end of, t- you know, big breaking news at the end of today's episode, I will be uh, making a statement, Darren, about my allergies. Oh, yes, a statement. That's right. Yes, that's right. So stay tuned after today's case at the end yes. of the episode because so many of our listeners over the last several weeks in particular have messaged me and asked and literally genuinely asked me how I'm doing with my allergies. And it's like, I remember in Martinis and Murder. I was like, I, I don't know if you remember this, Darren, but I, I was talking to you and I was like, can we just kind of like move off that subject? It's not that it's bothering me. It's just that I don't want my whole brand to be wrapped around yeah, Zyrtec. Look, and then look at you take and look at look, I know. And look where I am. So That's anyway, right. it's nice to um, know that people care, you know, so I'll be making well, a statement later in the episode. I'm excited for that statement, and I care for sure. Uh, I love Thank the you. Patreon reactions of my mm-hmm. birthday gift that you got me. Those mm-hmm. were we'll get to those, those too. We'll get, definitely get to those, um, and then I'll <laughs> tell you my funny pun name that I thought of. But uh, okay. but on to the case. What are you drinking this week, John? Well, today I'm finishing up. I actually had that Bailey's mini from last week, and I didn't finish it. I only put half of it in my coffee, so I had it still sitting here. I'm like, I'm going to put that in my coffee. So I'm having Bailey's and coffee today, and I'm already drinking a little bit of it and it's making me a little tips not gonna lie oh yeah oh yeah what about you what are you up to over there okay i've been for some reason going hard in the pain and i've been like having shots and then (laughs) sipping water i don't know what's wrong with me i clearly have a problem what you're drinking shots yeah yeah, like not by myself but like when i go out it's just like Oh, I'm drinking shots now, and then I'll just be sipping water. So I have two shots here (laughs) and a Diet Coke. All right. Listen, you love a good Diet Coke in the middle of the day. Yeah. That's fair. No, it's great. I love it. I'm participating, but I'm participating via sips, you know? So it's like, okay. Yeah, no, I like that. I like it a lot. You get it. And I like that you're not going as hard, you know? Like, we have to play out. I'm I'm talking about with the episode, at least. Because we do need to, you know, respect some of the listeners who may not want to drink, you know? You're inspiring to them in that way. Darren and I have been over the moon and completely obsessed with our HelloFresh meals. HelloFresh offers 25-plus recipes to choose from each week, from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy, with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And it's not only easier than spending time going to and from the grocery store, but it has way better value as well. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store, and 72 
2% cheaper than a restaurant meal without sacrificing the quality. I have absolutely loved all of the meals that I've made, and I'm not just saying that. Everything is so rich in flavor, and it's so easy to make everything that they send. Go to HelloFresh.com Shaken12 and use code Shaken12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com Shaken12 and use code Shaken12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Let's get to the case. Yeah, let's get into today's case. So um, Cheryl Levitt moved to the Springfield, Missouri area. Missouri? Missouri area? Um, Missouri. 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 Okay. Missouri. (laughs) From Seattle in 1980 with her husband Brent Streeter and her son Bart. Cheryl and Brent divorced shortly after their birth of their daughter Susie, after which time Cheryl and her two children moved back to Seattle. Brent Streeter is very Power Rangers name to me. It is. It is. Right? Brent Streeter. I don't know. Just like a crime fighting type of It does sound like that. Yes. Yes. And by the way, love Power Rangers. Um, That's why I said it for you. Did you see the movie, the newest movie that came out a couple years ago? It's I'm going to have you answer that question it's after good. seven years of friendship. I'm going to have you. It's a rhetorical question. I know it's, that you're not actually listen, asking me that. Yeah, no, listen, I get it. It's good. I yeah. might have seen it twice. It's a whole thing. Oh, God. Well, in April, you know, I don't go to any of these Academy <laughs> Award winning movies. I go to Power Rangers two or three times. That's just yeah, who I you, am. You're on the front lines of journalism. Yeah, I know, exactly. And culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that's what I've always said. That's what I've always said. Well, in April of 1992, Cheryl moved back to Springfield with Susie to a home in uh, on East Del Mar Street, rather, after a divorce from her second husband left her financially unstable and she needed to basically downsize into a smaller home. And this happens with divorces and family problems often. So nothing yeah. out of the ordinary there. But Cheryl's family members describe her as a private woman who had a close relationship with her daughter. After the move, Susie worked at a local movie theater and planned to attend cosmetology school after her high school graduation to be a hairdresser like her mom. Susie was close friends with her classmate Stacy McCall, who was planning to attend college after graduation. And on the evening of June 6th, 1992, Susan, uh, Susie Streeter... By the way, that's yeah. today... You know, oh, 29 years ago. I just did the math right. So oh, just... what? you did that math right away. You're really good at math. I'm not good at math. Well, it's, I mean, 30 years would be 2022. Oh, so fair like, enough. Right. Okay. That's yeah. a great way to do that math. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good job. Um, <laughs> but that is kind of weird. We've had, a, I feel like we've had a lot of shows recently that's been like, we have, like today was the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's definitely All right. weird. Well, what was it, 30 years ago today? <laughs> 20, 29. 29 yeah, today. 29. Um, Susie Streeter and her fr- I love that you just said that, and I still didn't get the math right. Anyway, mm-hmm. Susie Streeter and her friend Stacey McCall were celebrating their graduation from Kickapoo High School in Springfield, Missouri, which had occurred earlier in the day. And by the way, it is graduation season. Um, it is. So congrats to all the grads who may be listening to our show. Um, yes, Mom. Mazel mazel all around. Yeah. By the way, quick little aside, just because I know we're getting into a couple things. But the other day I had asked, I'm in a Facebook group for my graduating high school class because I was the class president. So I have to like organize everything. So it's like the best way to kind of put everybody in one spot. I asked everybody if they had any pictures of our graduation day, because for whatever reason, we didn't have a photographer. There's no like, you know, data or record of it ever happening. Sure. Well, sure. a couple people started posting them, and they had timestamps on them, and it was the same day. 
we graduated the same day. I just randomly thought about it and wanted to that's see pictures. Weird. So that connects that's to weird. what we were just saying. So that's why I said it. Anyway, so as you know, new grads do, the girls started the festivities by attending some friends' house parties, including one in Battlefield, Missouri. The following day, the girls plan to meet some friends at Whitewater Theme Park in Branson. I have friends who like live near Branson, actually. Um, wow. Yeah. Initially, the girls had planned to stay at a friend's house in Battlefield. However, around 2.15 a.m., they decided that the house was too crowded and decided instead to return to the home Susie shared with her mother, Cheryl Levitt, and they would instead make the drive the next morning. So... You know, just plans changed on a whim because the place was too big. And that's at least somewhat responsible, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, And trust me, I wouldn't want to stay in a crowded house either. Hell no. Well, Cheryl had been present at the home all evening, um, painting a chest of drawers. She had telephoned a friend at approximately 1115 that evening and gave no indication that there was anything wrong at that point. Authority, okay. Yeah, and authorities speculated that Susie and Stacy arrived at the house around 2.30 a.m. So that's what we know leading up to this whole situation uh, right around 2.30 a.m. Let's face it, taking trips to the post office is absolutely not how you want to be spending your free time. That's why I recommend mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay a lot less with discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention, Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is just a no-brainer. Saving you time and money, it's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use Stamps.com. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with our code SHAKEN, you can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in SHAKEN. That's Stamps.com, promo code SHAKEN. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Well, around 8 a.m., the girl's friend, Janelle Kirby, called the house to try and arrange a meetup so the three could head to the water park together. Janelle and her boyfriend, Mike, visited the home around 9 a.m. Okay, so this is kind of the following day, even though we know that Susie and Stacy probably arrived at 2.30. Well, at the same time, Susie's best friend, Nigel, arrived at the house, also looking to pick up his friend and head to the amusement park. Now, during her visit, Janelle found the home's front door unlocked, went inside, but found nobody home. Which is a little, it's a little weird. The friends told yeah. authorities that a glass lampshade on the porch was shattered, although the light bulb was unbroken and there was glass all over the porch. That seems sussy, only because yeah. a, a light bulb, a, a light bulb is pretty fragile. Yeah, for sure. But I just love the way you said sussy. I mean, can we use that? I think forever? that has to be on. I think we need that on a merch. <laughs> a t-shirt. That's a little We're sussy. Sus. I'm a little sussy for shaking and disturbed. I'm a, li- I'm a little, it's a little sus. Okay. It's a little sus. All right, sus. we'll make it happen. So, let's make it happen. Yeah. So Janelle swept <laughs> the broken glass off the porch, although she meant, well, it's possible that this destroyed potential crime scene evidence here. Let's make a note. But right. obviously, I don't think she was 
trying to do that, at least from what we know. Now, once inside the home, the three found Cheryl's Yorkshire Terrier, Cinnamon, locked in the bathroom, clearly distressed, of Mm. course. Now, the group noticed that all three women's purses were placed next to each other in the living room, and Cheryl had $900 in her purse. So, not a robbery. Yeah. We don't even really know. Janelle also reported two back-to-back phone calls to the house during her visit. When she answered the first call, the man on the other end of the line made disturbing comments of a sexual nature. Janelle hung up and received another identical call almost immediately. Here's the other thing really quick, though. Like, who has $900 in their purse? Not that that's, like, a crime by any means. Nothing has happened. But, like, that's just kind of, like, piquing my interest a little bit. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's possible, like, it, maybe she had a payment yeah. or something, or she had just, like, cashed something. I know, I'm just curious. I think it's pretty weird that at, that at the time that Janelle is at this house, though, she's receiving two back-to-back phone calls. Well, like, disturbing sexual, you know. Yeah. Well, later that day, Stacy's mo- mother, Janice, arrived at the home to look for her daughter, whom she hadn't heard from since the night before. Janice found Stacy's clothes from the previous day, but there was no sign of her daughter. Oh. Janice used the house phone to call the police and report her daughter's disappearance, and by the time of authorities knew of the disappearance and it had been over 16 hours since the women were last seen which is a long time and also not that long in theory like of not seeing somebody potentially i mean i know obviously in this situation it's very precarious but 16 hours is still workable i think yeah i mean you know we've we've talked a lot on the show about missing people and how the first 72 hours are the most crucial when it comes to finding someone, but that is also probably because most people are still traceable, you know, within 72 hours. So that might be why. Right. And after placing the call, Janice listened to the phone's answering machine and heard a strange message, but accidentally erased it from the machine, Uh, which I guess could happen. When a police arrived at the home, they were met with a very odd crime scene. There were no signs of a struggle, no hints to us what may have happened to the women. All three of the women Mm. had a car, and all three were parked outside in the carport and driveway. All three sets of car keys were even found inside the home. Remember, all three bags were right next to each other. Although both Susie and Cheryl were chain smokers, their cigarettes and lighters were also found inside Mm. the house, as if they disappeared. An untouched graduation cake was left in the fridge, which is just a little eerie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And the blinds in Susie's room were pulled apart as though someone had been looking Ew, out of them. You know, and, and what I'm imagining is a little bit of like a kink in the, yeah. what is it? What metal it is. Whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. Aluminum, whatever the hell right. it is. Like a little kink. And you can always tell someone's been grabbing at it. You know so what? that's a little eerie. No, those the details that you just gave. Have, did you ever watch the show on HBO, The Leftovers? I was thinking the same yeah, thing. It's and yes, like, I have. Where, if for those who may not have ever seen it, it's like a show where basically it's like a show about the rapture where just like half of the world just disappeared instantly with no trace. And, um, you know, a lot of things like graduation cakes and car keys and everything is sort of left behind. Um, it's a really creepy show. And just Darren, the way you were sort of explaining it kind of made me think that it was kind of creepy. It made me think the same thing. Yeah. Just eerie. Yeah. Well, it seemed to the police that the three women had gotten ready for bed. They had put their clothing in a washcloth covered in makeup in a laundry hamper. Now that's interesting, Darren. So like, I don't have washcloths covered in makeup, but is this like a routine that most women have? Like you probably like remove your makeup before you take a shower or go to bed yeah 
Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, I, I do. I think you're supposed to. Right. But, like, women usually have, like, a ma- a, a routine. Mm-hmm. You Got know it. what I mean? Yeah. See, I don't do that. I'm literally just brushing my teeth and going I'm to surprised. Bed. You seem like the type that <laughs> Full makeup. Would. That had full makeup yes. on all day long. Yeah. Or just, like, had a routine of some Well, sort. I do. I do have a skincare routine, but we don't need to get into all that at the moment. Oh. It's definitely oh, not. Okay. I just mean, like, yeah, I just don't know... You know, because people have makeup on all day, like women. So I just don't, and men for that matter. But I just don't know like how to like handle it, you know. So that's just why I had to turn to you, the resident female on the show. By the way, you're always in full makeup because of your other job at People TV. So is it annoying to have to do that? No, it. I. I mean, I hate. It's just like another thing to do that I don't like. But at the same time, like it it takes two seconds. Totally. That makes sense. Anyway, enough about And it also feels good. It's like taking a bra off at the end of the day. Am I right, John? (laughs) Exactly. Finally, I get it. Okay. (laughs) Finally, you relate. Got it. (laughs) Well, Stacy had folded her shorts and set them next to her shoes, putting her jewelry inside her pockets. Police believe she was wearing only a shirt and underwear to bed and never put on more clothing when she later left the home. So there's a lot of like details about what went down in this house, so to speak, but nothing. Well, nothing seems to be yeah. clear. Nothing's clear. Yeah, nothing yeah. is clear. Well, now retired Springfield police captain Tony Glenn stated, quote, the only thing unusual about this house was that three women were missing from it. You had this feeling as you looked around that something was missing, that something had to be missing, but there wasn't just them, end quote. Well, it's almost like what I said, like di- her disappearing, like them yeah. disappearing. It's just like poof, poof yeah. out of, you know, like, like leftovers. It's just yeah. kind of like the food that they left on their plate is still there. The yeah. cake is still in the fridge. The purse is there. It's very creepy. That is very creepy. Well, police left a note on the door of the home asking Cheryl to call the police department to cancel the missing persons report when she returned home with the girls. It's important to note that Janice, Janelle, Mike, and Nigel were not the only people to enter the home on June 7th. Police estimate that approximately 20 friends and loved ones visited the home, inadvertently tainting the crime scene before an official investigation Mm. was conducted. Nobody seemed to realize the gravity of the situation before Janice called the police nearly 24 hours after the women were last heard from. Right, because this isn't like a, you know, a crime scene in the middle of the desert. Like, people are living and visiting and not really realizing that something may have gone wrong here you know not in the same vein because i think this was we could make an argument that this was purposely but a little bit like jean benet i thought that too in and out of that thing you know what i mean and even the jean benet thing like what weren't wasn't there like pineapple on the counter when the police came like there was still that kind of effect um or whatever cottage yes. cheese or something like that but um pineapple yeah pineapple. No, she had pineapple yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah well police were totally in the dark about what could have happened to the women um the working theory became the idea that a lone man could have lured the women out of their home in the middle of the night by posing as a utility worker warning them of a hmm. gas leak or something to that effect which is like I had never even thought about that before as a possibility, like even in my own life. And now I will never look at a utility worker the same way. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess it's possible. possible. But I mean, I heard about people posing as police and firemen Mm -hmm. and, you know, positions of 
not that utility worker necessarily, but a position of authority or safety on an issue right, that right. requires, you know. Yeah. yeah, well, within just a few days, the whole community was searching for these women. More than 20,000 missing posters were printed and spread throughout Springfield. Authorities identified Robert Craig Cox as a possible suspect. Robert Cox, a convicted robber and kidnapper, was charged with killing a 19-year-old girl in Florida in 1978, whom he somehow crossed past paths with excuse me as she drove home from her job at disney world so that's very disturbing however robert was not convicted as the florida supreme court ruled that the jury didn't have enough evidence to convict him and he was released in 1989 cox lived in springfield during the summer of 92 and worked as a utility locator in south central springfield now, when he was initially interviewed by the police, Cox told detectives that he wasn't in Springfield on June 7th, but later recanted the statement after his alibi was determined to be a lie. So there's some hmm. interesting details about this person. Um, okay. He has continued to toy with investigators about his potential involvement in the disappearances of the three women, later telling a journalist that he knew all three had been killed near the home and that their remains would never be discovered. So, okay. Yeah. I just I hate this. I know. I it's hate the this. worst. It's literally the worst. It's the though. worst. I hate this. This is like when Son of Sam kept taunting the fucking police yeah. from last week's case. It's just like, just give the peace well, to the people. You know, and he, you know, we should mention he has never been charged in connection to the disappearances, and detectives aren't certain if he has ever actually been involved or if he's sim simply seeking attention by making these false claims. I mean, that's the other thing that happens in scenarios. It's also possible. Yeah, like right. these scenarios, it's like people may just simply be, you know, whatever they are and want that. Seeking attention yes, or fame. Yes, exactly. Well, during an interview, Detective Sergeant David Asher commented about Cox's statements, quote, he wouldn't admit he was responsible, but he said, I just know they're dead. Oh, unquote, great. Which means he could know someone that, that killed, killed them, them or yeah. something like that. Or he's taking a guess, and there's no reason to believe this guy at all. Now, right. Cheryl's son, Bart Strader, and one of Susie's ex-boyfriends were ruled out as suspects early on in the case. Authorities investigated a slew of other leads associated with an older model green Dodge van. One witness reported a woman who matched Susie's description driving a similar car late in the day on June 7th. The witness stated that the driver appeared frightened and heard a male voice telling her, don't do anything stupid. Oh, God. Okay, well, that's... Too late for that's that. something. Yeah, this incident was not reported until several days later. There were several other reports of a green Dodge van sighted throughout Springfield after the women disappeared. One man told police that he witnessed a blonde woman sitting in the driver's seat of a similar car in the parking lot of a grocery store, and the witness thought that the car was suspicious, wrote down the plate number on a newspaper, mm. but threw away the paper before contacting police. Mm. Also, I, I always wonder what, like, how people get the hunch that something is... Suspicious. Suspicious. Because, yeah. like... I could, you could probably make that argument reasonably that anyone totally. just sitting in a parking oh. lot of a grocery store. Oh, let me tell you, you know, I, whenever I take lunch breaks during the week at work, I will sometimes grab food from a local, like, cafe or whatever, and I'll go up to a park here in town and just, like, eat it because it's, like, a nice day or whatever. 
the amount right. of like weird little like vehicles that drive by slowly and like take oh my god i don't even want to know and like that. take That's a crazy. gander at me eating i'm like can you guys like get away from me please thanks you're like but also get my good side. but also i have a um, good side thanks <laughs> right exactly. yeah now the witness agreed to undergo hypnosis to try and recover wow. the license plate however was only able to remember the first three digits. Oh. Police have been unable to even confirm that a van was involved at, the, at all with this case. Mm. So we're a little bit in the dark here. Now, detectives interviewed a server at Cheryl's favorite restaurant, Georgia's Steakhouse, who reported seeing the women in the restaurant on June 7th between 1 and 3 a.m. Hmm. The, st- the server stated that Cheryl and Susie arrived and left together and that Susie seemed intoxicated while Cheryl tried to calm her down. Investigators have never confirmed this sighting, nor do they know if it would have occurred before or after they disappeared. It seems a little weird to occur after. And also it has me thinking, too, like, did they review the security cameras? Had it been too long? Like, why wasn't that a thing? Right. You know? And then it's where they never confirmed it, at least. Now, right. Springfield police decided to take the case to the public. The women were featured on America's Most Wanted, and the authorities received 29 phone calls to their tip line, all of which proved futile. Mm. In August of 1993, police searched 40 acres in Webster County, uh, Missouri. Missouri. They were they refused <laughs> to disclose what was located on the site. However, a search warrant confirmed they were looking for three missing women. At the fifth anniversary of the case, Springfield PD announced that they could no longer justify the expense and manpower mm. of continuing the search. So the case is going to be dropped with the exception of incoming leads. And that's really sad because think about all of the missing persons cases in our country over the last, you know, throughout its history even, that kind of run into this similar case where it's like there's only so much literal money Absolutely. that can go into searching for somebody or some people rather. Absolutely. Well, yeah. in 1997, Cheryl's sister had Cheryl and Susie legally declared dead in two th- oh. after, you know, obviously it had been years at this point. In 2002, a couple years later, detectives received a tip that two men at a concrete company in Webster County drove a similar van to the one that they that may have been involved. Ooh, detect Yeah, detect Concrete company. Mm, we've heard this before, mm. haven't we? With concrete Mm -hmm. uh, graves and things like that. Well, detectives brought cadaver dogs to the site and it hit on three different spots. Bones were recovered, but upon further investigation were determined to be too old to belong to any of the women. Now, okay, but who the fuck did they belong to? That's what I was just going to say. And aside from that, it's like, what are the odds though that like that would all come, you know, that's a lot of coincidences for missing people Susie and Cheryl here you know what I mean like three people I agree you know what I mean it's like very awkward in April 2003 now a couple years after that investigators received a tip about a farm in Cassville that had a green van similar to the one witnessed back in 1992 the search turned up possible blood however after an extensive lab test the results on the blood were inconclusive So wait a minute. Now we're learning that there's three bodies. There's three bodies found in connection to this case, but oh, they were too old. Now we're finding a green van. Well, it was three different spots where bones were recovered, but they didn't seem to say if it was three different bodies or maybe there were more bodies. Just that they were old, but still, I mean, to find bones in there. It's still very curious. It's just too <laughs> weird to me. And then now they're finding a green van and, oh, the results are inconclusive. You have blood. 
What's inconclusive right. about that? Anyway, I'm getting heated, Darren. Let me calm down. You're getting, you're getting heated, yeah. Um, I'm just passionate. What can I say? Well, a couple years after this, in 2007, an armchair detective named Ken, not unlike you guys listening, you know, we're all armchair detectives in a sense. We're all Kens. Yeah, we're all a bunch of Kens. Um, proclaimed to have a psychic encounter with Stacy's spirit. Now, the spirit informed, and you know, Darren, I'm all about this. You know, I have haunted. I know, you're getting, you're, mm-hmm. your blood is boiling right That's now. Right. I'm, I'm That's it. right. I'm feeling it. That's right. Maybe spirit is with me. Well, the spirit yes, informed Ken that the three missing bodies were buried under a parking garage at Cox South Hospital, only 10 minutes away from Cheryl's house. Okay. I mean, oh, I mean, like, I would investigate that, but it doesn't seem a little weird. Like, extremely that's very like that he like they would just like pull that up I don't uh, know. it's very weird well the parking garage okay. had just been constructed just one year after the women's disappearance i think about this all the time by the way like all these buildings that are like yeah what are we what are we walking over? over i know i think about it all the time it's kind of weird but anyway um ken hired himself an engineer to use a ground penetrating radar to scan beneath the garage so that's interesting like you know, maybe he's backing up his feeling here. He's like, he's not just saying, hey, I had a psychic moment, but he's got ground penetrating radar himself. Um, right. So he's invested. But the scan came up with three distinct objects that appeared consistent with a gravesite. Oh, Two of the objects were parallel to one another, and the third was perpendicular. However, and there's always a however, when police looked into the tip, they determined that it was not credible and never asked that the garage concrete be destroyed to search underneath it. Okay, so now we've got three separate moments here where everything just, can you, it's out of our hands, it's inconclusive, it's not credible. I mean, there must be some, (coughs) excuse me, there must be something that's like, too much money to go I dig guess. that up because that's enough for me to like pay someone to for go do sure. that for me. You know what I mean? I mean, mean imagine the families of these of these missing people and what that must feel right. like to know that like the only thing holding them back from potential, you know, um, resolution here is what uh, some a police telling them to just crumble up the garage for a minute for a minute. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, as so that was when was that? Several years after, but then all the way in February of 2019. So just a few years ago, Cheryl Levitt's son Bart Streeter was arrested for suspected public intoxication, disorderly conduct, uh, excuse me, conduct, and attempted false imprisonment in Tennessee in an unrelated incident. Police re-interviewed Bart about his mom and sister's cold case, but was once again eliminated as a suspect. To this day, the three women are still very prominent in the minds of Springfield residents. So it's... I mean, I imagine, because it seems to be almost solved, not solved. Now, in an interview, Stephanie Appleby, a friend of Stacey and Susie, stated, quote, they were wonderful people, fun people, just normal people. We all carry them with us Mm. in our hearts and pray that, still pray, that they come home and we get some sort of closure. Mm. Now, in an interview with Kai, uh, Kai, KY3 (laughs) News, Janice McCall, Stacey's mom, is quoted as saying, until I know 100% that Stacey is deceased, I will never declare her dead. Mm. They're going to have to find some remains somewhere before I call her legally dead. It's not for any reason other than if I do and she's not dead think of how mad she'd be when she gets back oh dear that's such a sad thing for a mom to take on you know I mean it's terrible now to this day there are still people actually 
actively looking for Susie, Cheryl, and Stacy. And in September of 2020, Gone in the Night, the story of the Springfield Three, a novel written by Brian and Alan Brown, was released exploring the details of a real missing persons case via a father and son's fictional search for truth. Hmm, that's interesting. Most yeah, and most recently in 2021, New York City uh, journalist Anne Rodriguez, Anne Rod. Roderique Jones, excuse me, began publication on a podcast called The Springfield Three, A Small Town Disappearance, in which Anne examines the intricate trail of stories behind the disappearance of three women. Mm. This podcast will be an eight-part series, and the first few episodes of which are already available wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. Although the case is no longer being actively investigated, investigators are still pursuing new leads from the public and urge anyone with information to contact the authorities. So The Springfield Three, extremely upsetting. Yeah. And literally, no, I don't even have a hunch. I know. It's like one of those things, like we were saying, like the leftovers, they sort of just disappeared. I mean, I wish that we could pull our money together and go look under that parking garage. I mean, is there a GoFund? Just go for the fun- closure of it. Yeah. Is there like a GoFundMe that we can contribute to? I mean. But it's also possible that like a psychic yeah. feeling that you have isn't enough to go do a search. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like. You know, you'd think that you'd want to uncover every single territory, and then you know the 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 concept of someone being like you're they're dead and you're never going to find them is just it's just agony. Well, it's agony. you know, this story can relate to me in a little bit of a way because I think I've talked about this before, but my former stepmother, um, yes. she lost her son in a in a terrible way where he went. Uh, off to spring break when he was 18 or 19 and never came home. And this was in the late or mid to late nineties. And she has spent, you know, her entire life. I mean, every moment of her life seeking the truth and seeking justice. And there is some big breaking news about that. And we will be covering that case in a future episode right here on shaken and disturbed. But I know how it feels on her end, you know, and what this must feel like, for for other parents and other friends that know people who've gone missing it's 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 a torture that's like almost maybe not worse than death i don't want to put it that way but it's a life of torture that like how do you ever get over something like that when you don't know if they're literally alive or not i mean talk about you know a pain that's it's unbearable just agony. yeah it's nothing but agony um, it's just agony and terrible, and yeah. uh, my heart goes out. I to, was just going to say that. Too. Obviously, any family, yeah. any family that had to deal with something like this and still has to deal with something like this, and I hope that we can kind of, I don't know, find justice in this for the Springfield Three yeah. and for everyone out there. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Let us know what you guys think or if you have any connections to this case uh, on our social, Jay Thrasher, Carpe Darren. We're on Patreon. We're in our Facebook group. We're everywhere you probably are looking. We're on TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. I am at least. Yeah, I can tell you we're not underneath that hospital buried in concrete tombs at the baseball search up. Yeah. But anyway, yes, find us on social. Yeah, so Darren, we're going to wrap up this show on a little bit more of a I need to, happy note. I need to know your allergy <laughs> situation. I'm not sure if that's a happy well, note. Well, it's not really a happy or sad note. I'm just, I, it's half a joke. But the statement is, I had a great allergy season until about two weeks ago. And usually, mm. you know, my allergies hit around mid-April. Things start blooming, you know, that type of thing. Um, and I thought I got out of it again this year. I was like last spring. I was like, I thought I got out of it, but yeah, last couple of weeks I've been sneezing with itchy eyes, but that's okay. Zyrtec and Allegra. Is there any, 
is there any like fix for that? I remember one of my friends used to get shots. I don't know yeah, if that so, does anything. We were younger and he was allergic to like yeah, like everything. Pollen. It yeah, felt right. like yeah, it was something. Well, yeah. you know what they do is you can go to a doctor and they'll do an allergy test for you. And what they do is there's this like board. It's like a think of it like a one foot by one foot board full of needles, and they gently place it into your back and each one of those needles i mean say there's like 50 needles has a different i guess like dose of an allergy so that they can see what kind of a reaction you have to each of those doses and interesting yeah and they can determine how um to remedy yeah like what forward. exactly like what you're having a reaction to I don't personally, like, I cannot do needles. Like, I have a really hard time with needles. I've gotten better, but, you know, I would rather have seasonal allergies for a couple of weeks than have 9,000 spikes, like a bed of nails smashed into my back. So I'm good on that. Um, so not rational, John. No, I'm just <laughs> I know, kidding. right? Yeah. But, no, I, <clears throat> yeah. I completely get so that. So the update yes. is that, thank you, I wanted to address this because a lot of you guys had been asking me and like people were posting memes in the Facebook group and um, yeah, so thank you for that. In fact, Darren, maybe we should get into our listener shout outs that... Um, well, I was going to say, Travis in yeah. our Facebook group agrees with you and he heard that I that you would be sharing an update and posted, thanks. I'm now looking forward to Sunday to hear Allergy Update 2021. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, great. I was. I don't even need to be part of this podcast anymore. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah you're good. And then I was like, was he saying that like you know sarcastically? Because I don't mind that actually. I like right. I like a little sass from our friends, you know, or from our listeners. Me too. Yeah. They pick up something. Yeah, from me, totally. You know what I mean, I get it. Well, yeah, yeah. Darren, moving right along, and thanks again, everyone, for your concern about my allergies. Darren, last week uh, we talked about your video where you opened the gift that I sent you on Patreon. Yes, I did. Now, if you want to yes, know what Darren got for her birthday, you have to go to Patreon. We will not be disclosing it. It is a perk of Patreon. Okay. But That's right. I wanted to read some of the comments <laughs> about from some of our <laughs> Patreon fans uh, without giving away what the actual gift is, if you don't mind. Okay. okay. Well, first of all, I have to shout out Grace on Patreon who says, quote, after all of those missed birthday gifts, John, you. Thank you, Grace. Yeah, John, you really outdid yourself. So I want to say. I agree with you, Grace. Yeah. I, you redeemed. Okay. I, oh. I texted you that you redeemed. That's right. You did you say redeemed. that. Um, yeah. Then you asked for a call on Patreon for what its name should be. That's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. You know, um, our friend James on Patreon says, name it Butt Puff. Now. Okay. I love seeing that. Who, I love seeing who that. Who knows what it is? You know, the listeners don't know at this point unless you're a patron. Can I say. Yeah. My, my punny name for yeah. it, which I can't really. I'm not even sure I could really pronounce it. Sure. But you know how like. Tissue instead of it's tushu. Tushu. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Now we don't want to give it Thank away, you. but there's butt I'm puff and and tushu. You guys can <laughs> take that however you want to take it and figure out what, in your minds what you might think and figure out what it is. Yes, exactly. That's right. And finally, Matthew on Patreon said, "I love seeing friends who just get each other." So I thought that was really sweet. <laughs> Matthew, he gets me. I do get he her. He gets yeah, me. I do get yes. Her. But if you guys want to sign up for Patreon and see what I got Darren for her birthday, 
there's great news because as of yes, there this is. recording, you can now get 15% off of our Patreon if you subscribe annually. This is really exciting. This means that there's no monthly like billing issue or anything like that. You just simply subscribe for a year up front and you are all set. And you can do that at patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. You can also click the link in our show notes if you would like to go and support us there. We really appreciate it as independent creators. I really, we both very much so appreciate mm-hmm. it, like John said. But I got to say, if you haven't signed up for Patreon and you're not enticed by butt puff, <laughs> I literally don't know what kind of audience we're catering to at this I, point. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Or, t- or Tushu, I don't, for I that matter. Don't, or Tushu. Or, or yeah. Which you know was kind of clever. Yeah. It's just kind of, it doesn't roll off the it tongue. It doesn't you know roll off I mean? the tongue, but that's okay. But Tushu, tushu. is good. <laughs> so whatever that may mean to you guys listening, you can find out on Patreon. And thanks again for supporting us, Darren. Us- and thank you for all the birthday birthday wishes birthday celebrations again they just were rolling in and i just really appreciate it absolutely all right that's it for this week's episode we'll see you next week for an all new episode that sounded stupid but there you go (laughs) no but i'm into it all right bye Bye. guys